Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richard, good to be with you. We got a lot on the agenda today, breaking down news of the day. Miss Adrian Lawrence, attorney at law, author and TYT contributor should be an amazing breakdown. Top story of the day, once again, the coward police of Uvalde proven that they were not capable of saving those children. A mother stood up, a mother was arrested trying to save her children. She was handcuffed, she got out of the handcuffs, ran into the school and saved both of her children and other children as well. Put up the picture of this amazing woman, look at that. It has been just over a month since the community of Uvalde experienced the tragedy of a gunman who killed 19 children and two teachers at Robb Elementary. There's a mother, you're looking at her, she took matters into her own hands. When she heard gunshots while outside of the elementary school, put up another picture of this mother, all right? She doesn't have any combat gear. She had no weapons training, nor did she have a weapon. She had no tactical background, she had no backup. As a matter of fact, when she tried to initially save her own children, the police arrested her. Her name is Angeli Rose Gomez. She says she heard there was an active shooter and quickly rushed to the school where her two young boys went. It was just moments when she walked up to the school and was face to face with law enforcement when she heard gunshots, then children screaming inside. Ms. Gomez said law enforcement were not doing what she hoped. So she tried to get some parents to force some action to get law enforcement into the school. And you know the rest of the story. Law enforcement decided to wait on magical keys and backup they already had and gear that was already on their body. All right, there's more. Ms. Gomez said authorities were telling her if she did not cooperate with them that she would be handcuffed. She eventually was, they arrested this woman. Now they're targeting her after she saves children. She then told them she would cooperate and calm down. She lied, she lied to the police and rightfully so. She says, I will calm down, please make sure you take these handcuffs off of me. They did so, as soon as they being the police take me off the cuff. I see his arm like give me a little gateway because I'm real little, so a little gateway where I can just run. She was looking for an opportunity to save a life, to save the lives of her children. There's more. Gomez says there was no doubt in her mind. She would run into the school and save her children herself, which is what she planned to do. Immediately, Ms. Gomez jumped a fence and began banging on a door window where she saw her oldest son's teacher. Ms. Gomez told her, like you already have a gateway out. So might as well just come out like I'm going to run out with them. Y'all just come on too. Within minutes, Ms. Gomez was able to get her oldest son and some of his classmates out. But her youngest was still inside. She ran around the school desperately searching for his classroom. She's going to save the second baby. She tells them to evacuate the school or she won't leave her spot. Immediately they started evacuating the classroom 
and my son runs out to me and he's like, mom, mom. I just remember when my son saw my other son, one hugged the other, one said, I'm so glad you're okay. And the other one said, I was so worried you were not. Ever since that day, Ms. Gomez says, the police have been at her home. The other night we were exercising and we had a cop parked at the corner like flickering us with his headlights. Because of these incidents, Ms. Gomez said she has had to separate her boys just so my sons don't feel like they have to watch cops passing by, stopping, parking. All right, let's get it, okay? What's happening here? Bottom line, you have a mother who did what the cops did not do. This mother saved the lives not only of her children, but also of others. The police tried to stop her. She had no gun, she had no weapons training. She's just a mother, she had the right idea. Remember the other police officer who got a call from his wife who was dying? He tried to get into the school to save his wife, possibly save children. He gets arrested basically, disarmed and taken off the property. What about the parents? who tried to pressure law enforcement to let them in. They were threatened with arrest themselves. What in the hell is going on? Why are the leaders of that police department still being paid? Why is the commander still on the payroll? Why are the cops still employed? What other government agency could have this kind of disaster that led to the direct deaths of children? And that government agency would still protect the workers inside of it. Would this happen with watershed management? or maybe the communications department at a local municipality. There's no such thing. You do something this egregious, there's real world impact, you gotta go. But now the police, all of a sudden there's a different conversation. Um, attorney, what are your thoughts on this case? I, I think that this is just as despicable as Uvalde Police Department and the school district police department. The fact is we've gotten lies out of lies uh, about what they did not do in terms of saving those children. And the reality is that this mother, Ms. Gomez, did save her children and many more by virtue of the fact that she did what they couldn't and wouldn't do because they lacked the courage. The thing that gets me most is there was also a part where she was being threatened with a possibility of a probation violation as well. She received a phone call from law enforcement and she ended up going before a judge and the judge said what you did was courageous and we will not be revoking your probation at all. And so law enforcement has been trying every tactic under the sun to threaten her, to make her feel small, little and to keep her from speaking with the media and just to punish her for saving her children. And it's not only not fair, it is illegal as far as I'm concerned. And there needs to be charges pressed. But unfortunately, as we still see these people remain in their positions, it really shows us that the system, not only is it here not to protect us, but it is here to actively oppress us. Very well said. There's another insane and very difficult to watch story. A man inside of a police vehicle, we call it a paddy wagon, is in danger because the officer decided not to follow protocol. He ends up, the officer ends up doing something that breaks his neck. Here's the first video. Hello. 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 
I'm, I'm stopping. I'm gonna check you out. What happened? What? You fell. What happened? Can you move at all? I can't move. Well, how your leg is all the way up there? I understand you. Listen, brother. All right, I can't move Please. you, so I have to hold on. I'm gonna have to call get an ambulance. Listen, no. Huh? Yes, but understand. I understand. Go ahead. I, I fall. I cannot move my arms. All right, do not move. I can see moving your arm. No. Okay. Look at my hand. I can't. All I right, can't hold on. Hold on. I have more video, more context. Let me give you a little bit of background to this. Before this happened, the young man that you saw, 35 year old black male, while in New Haven custody, was kicking the door. He was likely kicking the door because maybe it was hot inside of that cabin. Well, police officers do something called giving an inmate a rough ride. We saw this with the Freddie Gray case as well. That's a tactic that law enforcement will use when they don't like a person in their custody. They will put them in the paddy wagon, not put a seatbelt on them, and start driving around erratically. It's to punish the person in their custody. Randy Cox breaks the neck. Breaks his neck, excuse me, following an abrupt stop by the police. Mr. Cox was then dragged out of the van. Here's the next video. Cox, either we can move you or you can wait to air Slide down, my man. No, Jay. Yeah, slide down so you can get out of here. Look, look, if you gotta drive me in, go start home. All right, all right. But I like it. I'll let her rely for a picture. Alright, there you right. go. Almost there, you're almost there. Just get your shoulders out. Ready? Uh, One, right. two, three, stay there. There you go. Alright. Get up. How are you making up? Ready? Uh, I should go with you guys. Yeah. Huh? Handcrafting, you just drink too much. No, you drink too much. I, I, I can't feel it. They accused him of faking. They broke the man's neck. They were supposed to take him to a damn hospital. They took him to jail with a broken neck, moving the body, which is prohibited in situations like that. Look at all of the protocols that were violated. You're supposed to put the individual in your custody in a seat belt. That's why they are present. You're supposed to follow basic traffic laws to make sure no one is injured. When someone is injured in your custody, you are supposed to immediately make sure they have emergency attention. This cop and these cops violated every tenet of their protocol, all of them. You know why? Because they don't value life. They did not see this brother as a human being. Culture, not policy, the policy's right. 
On paper, everything is spelled out. The culture is adversarial. So the police then booked Mr. Cox, uh, dragged him, took him out of the wheelchair. Here it is. It's a damn shame. The ambulance eventually arrived. They immediately took him to the hospital. Let's put up his picture next to what happened after he was paralyzed. Richard Randy Cox was showing clear signs of paralysis. He was arrested on a gun charge of being taken to New Haven police detention when he was injured in the back of their transport van. Officer Oscar Diaz said he braked to avoid a collision. That is his story that he put on the record. Cox had to undergo surgery for his injuries and may suffer permanent paralysis. Let's talk about going against protocol here, all right? Diaz then resumed driving to the police department, despite Mr. Cox, a human being, calling for help and saying he was injured and could not move. A few minutes later, Officer Diaz stopped the van to check on Mr. Cox, who was lying motionless on the floor. Officer Diaz then called paramedics, but told them, just meet us at the station instead of waiting. Yeah, I'm taking him to jail anyway. I'm gonna move him anyway, okay? Let's put up the picture of the acting chief, okay? The acting police chief, Regina Rush Kittle, called the handling of Mr. Cox unacceptable. The chief placed five officers on paid leave while the June 19th incident is being investigated. Three of the police officers were placed on leave last week. Put up a picture of the mayor of this city, okay? His name is Justin Elliker. In a statement, the good mayor expressed concern that the actions of the officers, and I quote, do not reflect the high standards to which I know other police officers hold themselves to every day. Damn lie. Let me tell you why that's a lie. You saw how many cops were involved in this, Mr. Mayor? Since you think your police department is so uh, culturally significant and correct, why is it that not one of those cops stopped this madness? Not one of them. Meanwhile, he said New Haven prisoner transport vans not equipped with seatbelts have been taken out of service and the police department is working to install seatbelts and vans that don't have them. While the state does not require seatbelts and local police convenience vans, the city will require them moving forward. Another dynamic, go to the video, there are seatbelts. This van had seatbelts in the video. Try again, Mr. Mayor. All right, Adrian, thoughts here. You know, when these officers decide that they're going to stray from policy so that they can enact their own sense of justice by treating people in inhumane ways, inhumane ways, of course, you know what? It really is a reflection of not only our society and the direction in which we're going, but also just complete and utter disregard because they know they're not going to face any accountability whatsoever. It's not them who are going to be paying for that settlement amount, the largely and likely six, seven figures. No, that's going to be coming from we the people. 
people. And also they got a paid vacation. They are enjoying this ride as far as I'm concerned, while this man may never necessarily walk again. It just shows you that the dynamics here, they're incongruent with any sense of justice or again, any sense of people who respect others as recognizing their own humanity. Why does it seem as if when that blue suit goes on, the humanity comes off? How can you sit there and watch a man who cannot move, you can't fake all of that. I mean, literally this man had no movement from the neck down. And they continue to criticize him. They continue not to believe his story. You have professionals who are trained Adrian to see things like this and do something. What suits can be brought against the police for their negligence or maybe even intentional action here? Yeah, it'd be basic, uh, the thought that they had a standard of care that they failed to meet um, in some way that they had acted inhumane in the conditions that they kept him in. The problem is that, of course, we have such shields in place to protect law enforcement from facing any type of accountability whatsoever that I don't necessarily know how far they're going to get uh, because this gentleman will continue to live even if it's in the condition of being someone who is paralyzed. But I'm sure that the city will come to some kind of settlement. Uh, it's just It just seems very ignorant to ignore the fact that this officer likely did this intentionally. Again, as you said, there were seat belts in this van, so he could have prevented this entirely. And that this is just truly a reflection of, I wanna say rogue policing, but come on, this is just the standard, the norm and how they do business. Yeah, you're right. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back, we got a lot of show left. Thank you for your amazing comments. Uh, do not forget about primary tonight. Progressives and the establishment will go head to head in a round of election runoffs. That's tonight. Make sure you tune in 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Jank, Senator Turner, David Schuster, and more will break down all of the results, all right? Watch on tyt.com forward slash live, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. All right, good stuff. YouTube, super chat. Marcy, thank you for that, Marcy. Marcy says, thanks for being you. And thank you for being you, Marcy. C. Michael Henson says, and thank you, C. Michael. The police officers from the movie Police Academy could have done a better job than the Uval DPD. Where's Officer Tackleberry when you need him? Yeah. Uh, Albert Lopez, 90 pounds of cojones, give her the key to the freaking city, yeah, and more. See, that's the kind of person needs to run for office, all right? That's a we're gonna get it done type mentality. All right, David Morris, her incredible courage is matched only by their incredible cowardice. Good observation. Um, Peanut butter dragon. They are awful, they tried to do that to me once, thank God I didn't fall the way he did. Talking about the man who was paralyzed by the police. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're gonna feel great, back off! I'm gonna tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Right now, you know, you and your trash and your are not going to stay here. Go behind sports arena. That's where you park you and done? live. I'm not living here. Where I are you living? Okay, you. who's your friend? 
I'm not telling you who my friend is. I'm staying at my friend's house. It's nine o'clock in the morning. Where, I'm where, not where, camping. Where, where does None she of your live? business. I don't need to tell you that. You're in trouble. Fine. Call you're the cops. In, I'm calling the cops. Call the cops. I'm on a public street. I'm calling the cops. And you're going to have a problem with the neighborhood. I'm on a public street. I'm not doing anything wrong. I don't give wrong. a fine. No, it's a public street. But this is not a place for you to park. Yeah, it is. No, it is I not. Can park a car on the street. No, you cannot park an RV like this yes, on the street. Yes, You are in so much trouble. Okay. Call the cops. Come, no, I want Call you to come cops. out. I want I'm you to come out. out. Come on. No. I'm not coming. I'm not coming out. Well, when you do come out, you're going to have to come out. When you do, I'm going to be watching because I live right there. Great. Okay? I'm going to be watching. When you do, I'll be right there. Great. And so will other neighbors. Great. We're going to all be here. Now, damn it, where's the gang task force? That sounds like a terroristic threat, gang-affiliated activity. She has just threatened this woman with a gang of Karens with canes. I'm going to be waiting for her outside. There's more. Great. Right. I'm not doing you. anything wrong. You're the yeah, one. Yeah, you are. No, you are. You're, you're parking. One, you're listen. We you're don't the want. We don't want this neighborhood trashed up. I'm not. Tra- oh, too late for that, Karen. Because you're there already. There's more. Trashing anything? Yeah, I'm you are. Here. You're parking your piece here. That is not trashing. That's parking. I'm allowed to do that. You have a piece. RV. That's your opinion, you, ma'am. That's right, and it's packed. You can't even put anybody in the in the seat here. Sure, I can. No, you can't. I can move stuff out of the way. Oh, it's you can't. No, 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 no. What do you care? I do. Why? I live here, and we have kids, and we have people that are decent people that are walking their I'm dogs, decent, and they don't need this too. trash here. I'm a decent person too. I'm no, you're not. not. Leaving trash. You're not. Whoa, Karenicity in this one runs deep. Um, obviously, the uh, RV was on a public street as acknowledged by this particular Karen. Um, it's one thing to try to check out what's going on, right? That's one level. But then to go to this extreme, well, that's another. All right, Adrian, thoughts on this? I, you know, it it's very annoying how people think they're going to deputize themselves. <laughs> and, and also, too, when they end up getting in a situation where it turns out maybe the person that they thought they'd check or run up on gets violent with them and they want to play the victim, it's like, yeah, there are people who do that job and it's not you. So by virtue of your attempt to perform a job that isn't yours and then you end up suffering the consequences, I don't know what to tell you. But it just definitely seems like this woman is out here enacting her class bias on this woman by virtue of the fact that she has an RV that maybe doesn't meet the Karen standards in some way. And it just, it's really unfortunate uh, all around. Uh, the Karen needs to find a job, she needs to find something to do, cuz it's just, this ain't it. Well said. I wish a Karen would. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a in Sunday? You're gonna feel right. Back off! I'm gonna tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. I will report that to our corporate office, that how you were gangstering against me, but I said it's not free. Sorry, sir, we're not gangsters, sir. Yes, you did gangsters over here. No, he no. acted like a gangster, sir. No, sir. I will tell them cops. I can call the police on you guys. We want an explanation then. I will call Why the yesterday they gave us breakfast, tickets, and also... I will call the police on you. We want an explanation why today. And you guys are asked, no free breakfast here. Do you understand that? You were explained, $10 per person, 
And then we went and we brought this uh, ticket to get this and I will have this ticket. Luckily he threw it at me. Good. I, I have this ticket. I, I let it here. On, on no, the... he threw it at me. We have it. I have it in our, 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 our camera system is here. Oh, our camera has recorded everything. Look over above. Yeah, you can got all the cameras, all everything recorded. That's fine. No problem. I, I can show them how the gangster situation you guys did. And also, luckily, I have your room numbers and everything too. When he said gangster situation, here's the thing. I'm from a place called Glenwood Road. Sir, you were not in the middle of a gangster situation. Now, this particular male Karen, he did utilize the word gangstering. Never really heard of it, but it was an interesting use of the word. Now, this is about a damn breakfast meal ticket, okay? Whatever the conflict may be, if there's miscommunication, there's a misconception, whatever. Why is it that all of a sudden, when there's a miscommunication or perhaps somebody got it wrong, maybe you got it wrong, sir. Why is it that you go to say these people are gangstering against you and then you threaten to call the cops? The cops are there because you need a gun. What do you need a gun for? What has happened to warrant that a gun is required? All right, Dan, thoughts on this? I get really nervous exactly when people perceive situations that aren't that intense yeah. as gangstering. <laughs> I, I, I almost want to like conjugate that. Like there's the gangstery, there's we gangstering together. There's no, no, there's all these different angles, but <laughs> it's people have, especially in this country with heightened emotions and tensions, these extreme reactions to situations that can definitely be solved out with talking or normal conversations. Yep. In other places you don't have, in other countries, I mean, of course things aren't perfect in other countries, but in countries where everyone isn't armed to the teeth, where you don't have open carry laws or even lack thereof, even those laws around where pretty much anyone can get a gun under very unreasonable circumstances. And they can choose to take out their low self esteem and being upset and doing so. In countries where you don't have that, people just talk things out, things get solved. People are just much more low key about that. And you don't get all these accidental shootings, accidental murders, people on freeways shooting each other, people having these altercations. There was someone down the street from me who, let their gun go off in a bus the other day. Like that's this is getting to a ridiculous state here. Yeah. Here's the thing. I don't like what this government does to veterans. I don't agree with war, but I don't have to in order to know that you should treat veterans with respect and dignity. There's a VA worker who decided to body slam a veteran inside of their facility. Let's put up the picture of this so-called patient advocate, okay? The Atlanta Department of Veterans is finally taking action after a local news agency basically made them. Channel 2 News investigated a VA employee who body slammed an elderly man. The person you're looking at, his name is Lawrence Gilliard, 
a patient advocate was initially charged in a federal court by the US attorney, but the case has been turned over now to the Fulton County DA's office. That's Fonnie Willis. She's the same DA that has a special grand jury investigating Donald Trump. The VA is cooperating with Fulton County DA's office. Let's put up a picture of the victim, okay? I got more background here. The 73 year old victim, 73 now, Philip Webb suffered from a brain bleed so bad, he does not even remember getting attacked, completely a blank. Let me show you some of the steals from the video. You see this, look at that. This 73 year old is a Vietnam vet. He sat in the waiting room before knocking on Gilliard's door to let him know that he was going to be in the bathroom. When Gilliard, the patient advocate did not come out, the men had a brief argument before Gilliard charged Webb, shoving him against the door. Put up the next. Putting both hands around Webb's neck, Gilliard body slammed him to the ground. Gilliard then kicked Webb in the head, in the head. The attack happened at a VA office at Fort McPherson on April 28th. Gilliard is now suspended, but it took nearly two damn months for the VA to take action. Channel 2 consumer investigator Justin Gray spent a month and a half trying to get hold of the video. They were hiding it, but it wasn't until after the story aired on Channel 2 Action News that the patient advocate was finally suspended without pay. He should be in jail, all right? So the local prosecutor, the DA's office, they are prosecuting this case. I don't know why, and I'm trying to get the answer to this. I don't know why the federal government decided to toss this back over to the local DA. I'm not sure why, because the jurisdiction fits, obviously. But this is insane. Now think about the culture of those who work at the VA. I can't tell you how many times I've received phone calls from veterans who said they can't get anyone on the phone. Or when they do and they go to the office, they're mistreated, they're talked about, they're talked down to, and the services are not available that they were told would be available to them. And then I have to get on the phone, I have to make a drive, and I have to talk to somebody in leadership. This is the culture of the VA. There are some people trying to change this from the inside, but do not think this is an isolated incident. This happens a lot where people who are working in that department could care less about the individuals they service. Now, is that everybody? Of course not. There's some very good people who work for the VA, and I know some of them personally. But there's a cultural dynamic, a great disconnect between patient care and veterans. All right, Adrian, thoughts here. You know, when I was representing individuals and working in Washington, D.C., I would volunteer my time pro bono to represent members of the VA who are trying to get access to health care and services that their country said that they should have a right to have access to. And you're absolutely right in terms of the fact that they are not treated with respect, that oftentimes there are so many hurdles put in front of them that it really does disregard their humanity and it damn sure completely ignores, if not dismisses their service. But then to see 
see that this gentleman is being attacked at a place that he should be treated with respect and should be safe. It is so incredibly disheartening. And also, again, as you noted, I do not know why they kicked it down to the state level when this is something that would have happened on federal grounds. But it's something that needs to be remedied and rectified immediately because no member of the armed services, especially veterans, should be treated this way when they're simply trying to get help. There you go. Um, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. What's happening? Welcome back. Let me read some of these amazing comments. Um, La Dragon de Jardin uh, about the Karen. Oh God, gang of Karens. Yep. Deborah Rim, dang, the Kane gang. Uh, Danny Parks speaks, right, I was just talking about this type of treatment, talking about the VA. Don't work at the VA if you cannot respect our veterans, shaking my head, that's right. Uh, Michelle King Hart, always enough money to blow up ish, but never enough money or patients when they come home, very disrespectful. That's right, Wells got enough money to you know, go to war, but not enough money to take care of the warriors. All right. <clears throat> The Arkansas governor, he's okay with children being raped and mandating them to have the child full term. He's okay with this, and I'm not being hyperbolic. Here it is. So if a 13 year old though in Arkansas is raped by a relative, that 13 year old cannot get an abortion in Arkansas. Are you comfortable with that? I'm not, I would prefer a different outcome than that. Uh, but that's not the debate today in Arkansas. It might be in the future, but for now, uh, the law triggered uh, with only one exception. While you can debate whether there ought to be additional exceptions, every state's going to make a different determination on that uh, under our Constitution. And uh, there's, this is going to continue to be mm -hmm. discussed. But at this particular point, the only exception in Arkansas is to save the life of the mother. Governor Hutchinson said, when asked the question, are you okay with a child being raped? That child having to bring that fetus to full term, are you okay with that? Instead of him saying, hell no, I'm not okay with that. Or absolutely not. He says, well, I would prefer a different outcome. Who in the hell? What kind of person answers a question about child rape like that? The governor of an entire state. You still think this is about morality? You think this is about just religious conviction? These individuals are indoctrinated. They are past anything you can recognize as conservative. They are in fact lawless and radical. He's not the only GOP lawmaker who has zero sympathy for abuse victims. Uh, let's go to Utah, the representative there, here it is. That I clearly don't trust women enough to make choices to control their own body. And my response is, I do trust women enough to control when they allow a man to ejaculate. So inside of them and to control that intake of semen. So that may be inflammatory, but I think as a legislature, we have the responsibility to create a legal framework that is friendly and supporting rights. That's Representative Lizen B. 
Once again, not the only one. Here's more. Now, the left will say, well, what about in cases of rape or incest? I'm a law enforcement officer. I became a police officer in 2011. Yeah. I've worked one case where as a result of a rape, yeah. the young woman became pregnant. Really? And it's my job, number one, as a believer, right? To give you all of the resources available. Right. If you decide to deviate and do something else, we don't stop loving you. Right. That's when you need even more support, right? right? right. Because of the data that we have, it's been proven that women that do move forward with an abortion, you gotta thank Lisa they for suffer so much, things. right? Yeah, she's the police, also a GOP candidate seeking political office. Her name is Vega. Let's put all of their pictures up. They belong together. Okay. Every single one, excuse me, every single one of these individuals, they don't give a damn about actual children. Now, I want you to see the irony of this. I want you to see the irony, okay? You literally have lawmakers who are saying, we're gonna take away a woman's right to choose because we care about life in the womb. And then when faced with the question of a 13 year old girl being raped, they don't care about the life of the 13 year old child. Do you see how ridiculous this is? Now I got some words also for the Biden administration. Number one, Democrats in general could have codified this into law since 1973, they decided not to. There were times. They had the presidency, the House and the Senate. They did not take it upon themselves to be proactive. They knew this day was coming. They knew it was possible, they did nothing. But let's talk about what Biden can do today, right now. Biden could at least do a press conference and say he's exploring an option through executive power to classify all federally owned property, which by the way is in every state in this country. All federally owned property can be a possible place for an affordable, safe option for women to exercise their right to choose. Will you have a legal battle? Of course you will, damn it, fight it. Trump showed you the way, all right? He can also name every company, every company that supports Republican lawmakers who do not support a woman's right to choose. Name those companies, Mr. Biden, and tell those who are women and who support women to stop shopping with them. Let's do that. Let's start somewhere. Maybe you open up an avenue for this to become legislation. All is not lost because the Supreme Court made a ruling. You can still make a federal law that would nullify that ruling. That is possible. All right, Adrian, thoughts here. You know, I would I would want to say that it takes considerable courage to step up and do the things that you had outlined that Biden can do. But I would say it does not take courage at all. It's just simply, again, recognizing the humanity in others and also what's for the betterment of the country. The fact is that we have a lot of issues already underlying the problems that now having Roe v. Wade reverse are just going to cause to amplify. For example, the gentleman from Arkansas, the governor there, Arkansas is ranks 46 of 50 when it comes to the maternal mortality rates. And also that woman from Utah, clearly they have a significant problem there as well because she is putting the onus on women to dictate when men ejaculate, get out of here. It makes you wonder how they are actually maybe prosecuting their sexual violence crimes and who they are Mm -hmm. holding accountable. And then the Vega woman, again, just complete and utter nonsense. Also for her ignorant self to even think that only one sexual assault case that she was involved in involved the individual 
individual getting pregnant as though she has access to that information. The reality is that we have so many clowns up here purporting as lawmakers or trying to be them that we need individuals who are actual lawmakers or actual leaders in this nation to actually step up so that we are not a full fledged circus because my God, we are on the road there. A real problem inside of school systems. Let's put his picture up for a mask, this scumbag. His name is Peyton Harris. Mr. Harris is a school teacher in Pennsylvania. He's a track coach. He is under arrest on, on child pornography charges and others. So according to the AG's office, Peyton William Harris faces seven counts. I'm gonna read these counts to you. Sexual abuse of children, photographing. Sexual abuse of children, dissemination. Sexual abuse of children, pornography. Invasion of privacy, corruption of minors, furnishing alcohol to a minor, carrying a false identification card. Harris was employed as a substitute teacher at two high schools, not one, but two. He was the assistant manager for the track team at one of the high schools, the AG's office said in their report. Both of these schools are less than an hour drive northwest of Harrisburg in the central part of the Keystone State. Now, I always remind parents at this point of stories like this, that monsters come in all shapes, sizes, backgrounds, religious affiliations, etc. Be vigilant. Make sure that your young one is able to talk to you about anything. Keep the lines of communication open. We know about this monster because a minor spoke up, All right, There's more. The investigation found that Harris hosted a party at his home where he furnished alcohol to minors using a false identification card. The complaint alleges that during the party, Harris captured photographs and videos of minors engaged in sexual activity without their knowledge or consent and shared them with other individuals on social media. According to a copy of the criminal complaint, at least one of the recordings depicted a person in a state of full or partial nudity in a place where that person would have reasonable expectation of privacy. A probable cause affidavit says the state police learned of the alleged crimes April 25th, 2022. A juvenile student at one of the high schools was engaging in a sexual relationship with Peyton William Harris. That affidavit says of the tip which led the authorities to commence an investigation. The student allegedly said during the police interview on April 29, 2022, that he and the defendant had kissed approximately in July of 2021. The affidavit also says the student further told the police that the defendant, and I quote, had multiple new photos and videos in his possession. In one instance, the defendant allegedly recorded the complaining student having sexual intercourse with a female without either party's consent. Put up his picture again. That monster is only 20 years of age, okay? Already affixed himself in a position of public trust around children at 20. They caught it before he was 30 or 40. 
or 50. You know how many teachers we reported on? They're over 50 and we're finally getting the real background on them. Imagine how many victims they had before we reported on it. So this one is younger than most that we've reported on because a 16 year old spoke up. The AG's office would like anyone with information, anyone regarding Harris to contact Trooper Michael Short of the Pennsylvania State Police. The phone number is 717-320-1010. Every time we do stories like this, Adrian, I do it because one, I want to expose the systems and the monsters so that accountability is achieved. But I also do it as a public service announcement, so to speak, to remind parents to be vigilant, to remind even politicians to attack real problems inside of school systems rather than the fake ones. What are your thoughts here? I definitely would hope that the parents look into some kind of negligent hiring lawsuit. The thought that this person is what 19 years old, like they should be in a position of authority at all to be interacting with these children. And also you can't tell me that there wasn't some kind of writing on the wall that this this young man, young predatory man was predatory. It just, it, it really is very much making me wonder who the adult adults in this situation are and where their judgment is for allowing this this person to be involved in the lives of children that are damn near his peers. Yeah. He exploited his position of power and he engaged in behavior that is going to be traumatic for those children for a lasting period of time. He needs to be held accountable as well as the individuals who put him in that position. Well said, we got more on the other side is indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back, we got a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. Uh, talking about the GOP lawmaker, C. Michael Henson says, and thank you again, uh, C. Michael. The government is bold enough to force you to have a baby and too weak to ensure they get to recess without getting shot. Now, asking married couples to stop having sex after wanting no more children, question mark, Rose Rosie. My grandmother was raped at 10 years old and gave birth to my uncle. It ruined a huge part of her life, almost killed her. I hate every part of this. Yeah. Albert Lopez, I don't know what is worse right now, Biden's inactions or Trump's actions. Sick man, I bet the substitute teacher was in support of the Republican abortion bill. All right. <clears throat> Sad story, the LAPD, they actually beat another cop to death, killed him, beat him up so bad, he died. This is the true story of an officer named Tipping, Houston Tipping, 32, died three days after May 26 during what the LAPD is calling a training exercise, he's dead. They, according to the report, were just simulating a mob-like attack. And it was an unfortunate accident, he just died. Let's put up his picture, full mass, okay? He's a victim of police violence, he's a cop, was a cop, he's now dead. Tipping was beaten by fellow officers. The ones he worked with had on the same badge, same uniform. 
in an exercise meant to simulate a mob according to the wrongful death claim filed against the city by his mother. The Devonshire division patrol officer suffered injuries to two parts of his head and four vertebrae. What does that mean? That means they beat him severely. You need to understand this. He's a police officer. He's trained in combat. There is no playful roughhousing that will cause this kind of action without intention. Do you not think this man who suffered two parts of his head being basically bashed in and four of his vertebrae being injured? Do you not think he said stop? Do you not think he said that hurt, I'm injured? What are you doing? You don't think he said anything? You think he just went along with it? That's not natural. Huffman's claim also called for the city to preserve all evidence in the matter. Huffman alleged that her son was repeatedly struck in the head severely enough that he bled and that the beating resulted in injuries requiring stitches. He also suffered multiple breaks in his neck, which caused his death according to the claim. Now, let's be very clear here, they're covering it up. They will not release the names of the officers who were involved. There's no transparency in the training protocol that they were engaged in. We have absolutely no additional information, none. But imagine, imagine having a culture so steeped in violence that a police officer gets beaten to death during a so-called training exercise. Now what you think they're doing to the average citizen, especially those that are people of color? If they'll do that, if they'll do this to one of their own, what do you think they would do to you? Um, let's put up the picture of the captain, okay? That's Captain Kelly Nunez, LAPD spokeswoman, said the department could not comment on the claim or the nature of the training exercise. Why? Wait a minute, I get you can't comment on the claim, it's a legal matter pending litigation, but you can't tell us what training it was, really? Somehow that's now G14 classified. Uh, but she said the matter is being taken seriously and they have launched their own investigation into the situation. That'll do it. The LAPD who killed an LAPD cop will investigate themselves. That'll work. LAPD has said that Officer Tipping was injured while grappling with an officer. And describe his death as a horrible accident, but has provided few details. Once again, they're covering it up. Uh, per policy, as other officers involved in Tipping's death have not been named, here's the LAPD chief. That's Chief Moore. Chief Moore is the face of this until the cops are exposed. Isn't this ironic, ladies and gentlemen? I'm literally calling for justice for the police. I'm not anti-police, never have been, I'm anti-bad police. Whoever this cop was in his life, whoever he was as a family man, um, that has not been ended by the police. He's a cop. Why is it that the police associations are not standing up for him? Why have you not heard a massive outcry from conservatives? to stand up for this cop. Why have you not even heard about this story? Because it doesn't fit their narrative. 
I'm standing up for this dead cop and I want to see justice. All right, we're gonna follow this story. Mother has filed a lawsuit, mother has filed a claim to file a lawsuit. At some point, we hope that evidence is provided, more evidence. All right, Adrian, thoughts on this case? The thing is that we only know about this case likely because the mother filed a lawsuit. Yep. But for that, it would have completely been swept under the rug as if nothing happened. And the thing is, I wouldn't be surprised if um, if they targeted him in some way because maybe he didn't fit their toxic masculinity culture or maybe he was unwilling to adhere to a blue line in some way. And thus they decided to issue a code red, I'm sure, about this young man. And it's unfortunate because same with you in terms of I'm not anti-cop, I actually studied to become a cop and a lot of my friends have become cops, Marines or law enforcement. But it's bad cops that are the problem and those who murdered this young man are definitely part of the problem. And if this is what they're doing to their own, as you mentioned, this what are they going to do to civilians? And this really just shows us how this system is working, that they are almost teaching people to a certain extent to kill, to engage in this lethal mob violence when they're supposed to be engaging in mob activities. Or that if you cross that blue line in some way or don't meet their standards in terms of toxic masculinity, that also death is your sentence as well. Either way, we know it's problematic. Yeah, we're gonna stay on top of it. Obviously, it is developing fast. All right. An Iowa man runs over pro-choice protesters, women, okay? Runs over them, but because of some ridiculous law signed by the governor, he avoids prosecution when clearly he should be. Here's the video. This was a peaceful protest until that coward decided to run over protesters. This was in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Pro-choice protesters were injured on Friday after a truck driver ran straight through them, despite people raising their hands to beg the driver to stop. Let's put up the license tag because the police are not letting us know who this person is, I consider this person to be dangerous. That's my personal opinion. The driver <clears throat> reportedly ran over an ankle, let's keep that picture up. Ran over the ankle of a woman, she had to go to the hospital. While another woman was injured from falling to the ground. That is the picture publicly available of his license tag. Okay, others quickly ran after the car in an attempt to get it to stop because he could have killed somebody, but they were unsuccessful. Eventually, the truck drove off. According to multiple reports and eyewitnesses, the protesters were crossing the street at a legal, a legal crosswalk when the truck driver who was waiting behind a red light decided to swerve ahead of the cars in front of him and went straight for the protesters. What he did was dangerous. And it was criminal, put up his license tag again. The police decided to let him go, there's more. He tried to murder them, local journalist said, told the Huff Post. 
These women see him coming and a bunch of people put their hands out to stop him and he just keeps going. That's what the reporter said. Cedar Rapids City Council member Ashley Vannerney was also present during the attack and said that she was not aware of any evidence that the truck driver was politically motivated. They just seemed to be impatient and had, in my opinion, blatant disregard for human life, she told the local news. So let's go to what the police are doing. The Cedar Rapids Police Department investigated the incident and reportedly interviewed the driver that very night. They found him that night. The driver, as of last time we checked, has not been charged with any crime. Why? Likely because last year, Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds signed a bill that gave certain drivers immunity from civil lawsuits if they injure people who were participating in a protest, demonstration, riot, or unlawful assembly, or is engaging in disorderly conduct and blocking traffic on a public street. But the bill does not protect drivers acting with reckless and willful misconduct. But critics have worried about what that law means in practice. Now we've covered this in multiple states where they have passed these laws creating civil immunity for those that basically run over human beings. That is a civil issue. But because the lines get blurred with local jurisdictions, many said people will think or will apply this in a way that doesn't fit. What you just saw, that truck running through that crowd was criminal. Make no mistake about it. I don't give a damn what the cops decided not to do. But this is the culture that we're dealing with. Because the people he ran over, those are the people that the local jurisdiction of police officers, they don't really care much for. Adrian, thoughts here? Absolutely, it's completely obvious that no one is looking to protect these individuals out here who are using their First Amendment right to protest just the de-evolution of our society when it comes to rights that primarily impact women. And you also can't tell me that the driver had no idea who these people were and just was trying to move right. through. Yeah, right, he knew that they were protesting the reversal of Roe v. Wade. And if he simply would just come out and say, I hate women, it would just be a lot easier because then he can join the chorus of law enforcement who are unwilling to arrest this man and prosecutors unwilling willing to prosecute. The message being sent here by law enforcement and by prosecutors is absolutely clear. It's the thought that if you have the nerve to speak up and speak out against having your rights taken away as women, as individuals, then there will be consequences and we will not treat you like human beings and like individuals deserving of rights. Rather, we will treat you like the chattel that we think you are. Yeah, we have more on the other side is indisputable stick and stay. All right, welcome back, we got a lot of show left. Let me read some of these beautiful comments. Perry Anderson writes, I'm talking about the LAPD. He must have been a whistleblower, LAPD has gangs galore. Reason and why says, after this horrible death, I bet his mother removed all Blue Lives Matter stickers from a vehicle. La Dragon de Jardin, the governor should also go to jail. You cannot legalize murder. Okay. What if I told you that there's a shooting range that has decided to put all of the targets that you shoot as black men, all of them? That's exactly what happened. Actually, some young people exposed this. Let's put up the picture of the shooting range, all right? 
the targets that they're looking at, all of those targets are black men. This is in Michigan. In Michigan, during a recent field trip to see their local police, a scout troop were brought to the shooting range where they discovered that African American men were used as the overlay images for the officers target practice. So literally, look at what's happening here. The police are practicing only shooting black men in their training. Wow, isn't that something? And the picture that you're seeing all the way to the front, they're looking at the black targets. Farmington Hills Police Department is the name of the the department. After the children told their parents about the incident, they were afraid to speak out on their own, okay? The parents of one scout reached out to a lawyer to speak on their behalf and express their shock and disgust. Dion Webster Cox, who was representing the family, Webster Cox contends that while she and the parents are not looking to file a lawsuit against the city, there is an issue of racial bias, a lack of diversity and healthy community engagement worth noting in their policing. But here's the thing, you gotta file a lawsuit. My, my recommendation is to file a lawsuit because lawsuits can hold people accountable in ways that a letter and exposure cannot, all right? Especially when you have a culture like this. Big ups to those children for speaking up because they spoke up because they're being raised right. That's why they spoke up. According to research by the family lawyer, let's put up the picture again. According to research by the family lawyer, when ordering a picture target from a vendor, talking about what you put on the target. The orders include a variety of targets, but instead of using the non-black targets, they would just reorder set after set after set, take out the black people from each set and only restock their targets with black men. How sinister is that? They are literally paying more money in order to make sure they have black bodies you can shoot. Let's put up the picture of the chief. The current chief, his name is Jeff King. They are being sued by a former black officer over racial bias at the department. In terms of this incident, he claims that their internal probe showed they use more white targets than black ones. Well, 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 I don't know what's going on with this picture. I mean, I see it, but you know, we, we looked into it and I have no evidence to give you, but we actually do shoot more white people. You cannot make the argument that this is not a culture issue. You can't make that argument anymore. Even those who will see this segment and be pro police, fine. You can't be pro this though, all right? Age, your thoughts here? Yes, you cannot be pro this at all and it's just, it's, it's unfortunate because it does confirm a lot of what we already kind of knew and expected. The fact that we are treated like target practice, that we are not seen as human beings, but as sport, as game. And you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this department itself does happen to have a higher than average rate for arresting, even shooting and using fatal violence against black people in particular. And it just, it really, really shows you that these people aren't here to protect and to serve, but really to serve their own desire to uplift white supremacy at all means necessary. And here's why they want to 
uh, indoctrinate children to believe that racism doesn't exist, that the history of this nation is not rooted in bloodshed, violence, bigotry, and prejudice, because they don't want children calling them out like these children did. As soon as they walked into this place where the powers that be have normalized prejudice and corruption, they immediately were uncomfortable. And here's what happens, and I tell people this a lot, Adrian. The most, one of the most underrated experiences of the human journey is being uncomfortable. Because when you're uncomfortable, things change. Things change. These kids were uncomfortable, and now things are changing. And so I need more people to be uncomfortable with corruption, systemic bias, prejudice, racism. Be uncomfortable because you're gonna be forced to do something about it. All right. New York Police Department. NYPD, they decided to attack a harmless subway musician who has been a fixture there for a very long time. Brought a lot of smiles to many people. Here's the video. Every night he does dancing, his happiness, a routine that brings joy to family members, brings joy to children in particular, brings joy to people that are having a bad day. NYPD officers responded on June 23rd around 10.30 PM to the Herald Square subway station after receiving complaints of an unauthorized performer, impeding pedestrian flow and utilizing a sound reproduction device. Mr. Agillo is his name. He wrote on social media that NYPD had never had an issue with his performances before. He says, and I quote, I was shut down, handcuffed, and taken to the police station for performing in the same spot, 34th Herald Square. I have been performing on and off for about five years. The police always see me there every time, and they also cheer me on. Not only did NYPD rough him up, but they mishandled his instruments and his animatronics, which by the way, are pretty dope. My wrist is injured from the tight handcuffs, he wrote. I am emotionally depressed and my body hurts. My saxophone was damaged. Our dancers were incomplete and broken after they were released to me. What he's talking about are the animatronics that literally he puts around him as an audience and they dance to his music. It's a beautiful sight, it's a beautiful thing if you ever see it. They broke it. 
Let's talk about why. The incident can be attributed to Mayor Eric Adams broken windows policing, which doesn't proactively handle crime at all. As expected, Eric Adams spoke out in favor of the cops on Fox 6 saying, and I quote, we can't have it both ways. Let's not tell police officers to do a job and then they do the job, return them and the state and that they are or they were being heavy handed, said Mayor Eric Adams of the video showing the officers drag Bajillo away. They were not heavy handed, they were patient. He was heavy handed and ignoring them and then he became loud and disruptive to draw attention. Let me tell you why I don't like how they handled this brother. This man is trying to bring happiness to people and was successful. He was doing it. You don't handle people like him like that. These are good people. At some point, your humanity has to take over whatever position or job you have. Damn it. If I have to take a job where I get to dismiss or must dismiss my humanity to do it, I don't need that job. I'd rather be broken homeless than to do that. NYPD nearly has $11 billion in his budget, all right? Mr. Agillo has four children, four children with autism. That's his life. He still brings happiness to other people. He has four children with autism. He supports them, they're at home with him. He's a good father. So here's what I want you to do. Let's put up the information if you wanna donate. Um, I wanna make sure we get this man his instruments back. You can donate on Venmo, Cash App, PayPal, and the GoFundMe page, all right? The police officers broke his equipment. So damn sad. All right, Adrian, thoughts here. It's incredibly sad and it's so unnecessary and just outright cruel. But this is what these officers can get away with. And I used to live in New York City. Part of the subway entertainers are part of the joy of the experience. And so for the mayor to be taking this away with really no no reason whatsoever, and especially without providing the social services necessary to support individuals in the aftermath who make their living by entertaining in the New York subways. It really just tells you that the system isn't about improving things for the people, but again, oppressing the people. Very much so. Let me go to Flint, another very sad story. You know, after they basically intentionally poisoned black people, a judge decided to take action because the rich and powerful people behind the poisoning of black folks in Flint were so strong that nobody touched them. Now, the Michigan Supreme Court has overruled that judge who tried to hold the evil doers accountable. This is a fascinating story, a lot of twists and turns. The Michigan Supreme Court has ruled that a judge had no authority to issue indictments in the Flint water scandal, okay? The ruling Tuesday wiped out charges against former Governor Rick Snyder, his health director and seven other people. Snyder was charged with two misdemeanor counts of willful negligence, ex-health Chief Nick Lyon and Michigan's former chief medical executive, Dr. Wells were charged with involuntary manslaughter 
for nine deaths related to Legionnaire's disease when Flint's water system might have lacked enough chlorine to combat bacteria in the river water. Keep that pictures up. It took an action of a judge to do something quite outside of the box to hold them accountable somewhat. Did the judge know this could likely be overturned? Yes, yeah. But the judge saw that nobody else was going to do a damn thing to protect black people in this community and those who have been historically marginalized. You have a lot of our white brothers and sisters in that community as well. Background on the crime they committed in a money saving move. Flint managers appointed by Snyder switched the city's water source to the Flint River, said regulators. State regulators said the river water did not need to be treated to reduce its corrosive qualities. That was a bad decision. Lead from the old pipes flowed through the system for 18 months in the majority black city. It is an astonishing defeat for Attorney General Dana Nessel. She took office in 2019, got rid of a special prosecutor and put together a new team to investigate whether crimes were committed when lead contaminated Flint's water system in 2014, 2015. She tried, let's put up the Supreme Court of Michigan that overturned the efforts, okay? State laws, according to them, state laws authorize a judge to investigate subpoena witnesses and issue arrest warrants as a one person grand jury, the Supreme Court said, but they do not authorize the judge to issue indictments. The court said in a six to zero opinion. I did some research on this law, it's somewhat complex. While definitely was outside of the norm, there's some gray room. But when you're rich and powerful, a close call is gonna go to the rich and powerful. Um, Adrian, thoughts on this? I think the reality is that there is no accountability when it comes to corruption, particularly when you have white politicians and you have the victims being particularly people of color, especially black people. And the fact is that you know Michigan lawmakers, they have a lot of power. There are things they could have done, but they are not doing that. And thus the puts the courts in the position to make decisions like this. And just earlier today, Michigan lawmakers approved some kind of bill that will give $100 million to Ford. They could have done so much more to ensure the safety of their people, the people who are paying their taxes, the people who are lifting them up. And yet they chose not to simply because of the color of their skin. They're going to allow them to be victimized and they are still suffering to this very day. It really shows you that there is no justice in our system. Yeah, always a pleasure having you on Indisputable. Tell people how they can follow your work and check out your book. Yes, well you can definitely. Check out my book, grab a copy of it at shop TYT, love for you to join. And then as well as that, you can catch me on Rebel HQ. Good stuff, all right, remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember the truth is always indisputable.